Hey guys, we're smack bang on the beach at the Billabong House, North Shore, Hawaii, right in front of Pipeline, and I'm just about to interview the man himself, Jerry Lopez. Many say the king of Pipeline back in the day, smoothest man in the world. I'm gonna get him on the yacht cast, so you check it out. God, there's too many jellyfish. Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Aki. It's good to be here. Yeah. Always. You're fresh off the plane from Oregon? Pretty much. Pretty yes. much. How's the snow over there? Actually, the snow's not very good. Oh, no. Yeah, so Did it's you? really nice being here. Yeah, right, for sure. <laughs> Back in Hawaii. Uh, you, you grew up here. You grew up in Honolulu. I did. Yeah, uh, and um, tell us about that growing up in Honolulu. Well, it was a wonderful time to grow up. In the 50s, uh, in the early 60s, was it was still a very local place. Yeah. Not very touristy back then. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was in the process, yeah. but you know, Hawaii didn't become a state till 1959. Okay. And, um, the state of America. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> it, it, was it, did, a, it, it didn't was, become a state until 1959. Yeah, it was wow. a U.S. territory, okay. which uh, is a little different distinction. But, yeah. you know, once um, statehood came, then things began to happen a little quicker. But uh, it, it was still a great, you know, a really great spot to grow up. I mean, Waikiki and then, of course, out here on the North Shore. Yeah. Uh, we used to call it the country back then. It was really special. Yeah. It's still the country. It still they is still the, country. It the country. Yeah. It hasn't changed a lot. I mean, since I've been coming anyway, I'm not sure. What, what age would you have started coming out to the country? Probably 12, 13 years 12, 13, old. Yeah, 13. you know, we'd start at, at uh, like little inside Haleiwa or then Chun's Reef was like the first big step. And, uh, you know, sunset and Especially out here at the pipeline, we're a little ways down the line. But, um, you know, we were here and we had a look and yeah. uh, took a few years to work up our nerve. To surf it? Yes. Yeah. So how old would you have been when you surfed real pipeline? Well, yeah, time? I was already, you know, 18 or 18, 19. Yeah. 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 Was, um, who were the men out there then? When did it first get surfed? No, you know, Not 1961, uh, okay. Phil Edwards, Phil Edwards. Yeah. was the first. And then the next year, the next winner, the 62-63 winner, uh, John Peck and Butch Van Artsdale and kind of went head to head out here. And okay. they were the ones that really uh, kind of started the whole thing going. Yeah, uh, like the wave is really rideable. <laughs> Yeah, and, and really they were pushing each other too. And, you know, so that, I mean, Butch got the first deep tube ride and became Mr. Pipeline. But, you know, I think actually John Peck had uh, a more lasting legacy because he was backside and he was only about 18 years old at the time. And he had a beautiful style and he had a real great technique you know he would grab the rail on the takeoff and there was that great poster of him which hung on my wall for years mm. of 
you know, crouched low, grabbing rail, tucked in tight, and you know, it was, of a boat. well, it was on a longboard, the yeah. big old Mal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, you know, how do you do that? <laughs> that was 15 years or more before Bird Milona came out and showed us his version of the John Peck, mm. which they call the Pig Dog, the pig dog which mount. has yeah. become the standard of backside tube riding. Oh, yeah, that's what they did. But it started with John, yeah. and uh, yeah, I just spoke with him a couple of days ago just to. He doesn't remember much, you know. If there's oh, really? anybody more firmly uh, rooted in the here and now, it's John Peck. Yeah. You know, so he's kind of right here. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, that happened, you yeah. know. But uh, he doesn't think about that too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get a chance to surf rights and try that, the pig dog? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, not much though. Not much. Uh, that. Not a whole lot of rights. Yeah. There. The, I was, I like going left. You like going left. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. that right out there always kind of ended back door. badly. It ends badly. <laughs> I can't say I'm very good out on that yeah. back door either. But you became king of the pipeline through the uh, late 60s, early 70s, um, through the 80s. Uh, you had, um, you won it twice in a row. Um, how was it back then? Was there, there must have been a pecking order by that stage and you were, pretty much on the top of that pecking order. Well, you know, was it crowded? In this would have been the late 60s, early 70s. Pipeline wasn't a real popular spot. Mm. Um, Sunset Beach was the spot. The spot yeah. BK was the man. And uh, Barry Kanaipui. This yeah. was, you know, kind of an afterthought. I mean, there were the days when it was really, really good out here that a lot of people would come. But on the average days where, you know, there's just a couple of good waves that pipe, no one. no one here at all. And, you know, there was a small group of us. Um, Jock went and joined the Army in 1970, so. Jock Sutherland? Jock Sutherland was kind of our leader at that yeah. point in time. And then off he went and, um, you know, we uh, kind of fumbled around, started to have, you know, a little bit of success, but only because I think the uh, the surfboard development design had gotten to a point where we were finally able to make surfboards for ourselves that actually started to work really well out here. And um, and what, what what were they? I know they were single fins, but they were refined. It was just a, a real you know sleek pintail single fin that. Like the plan shape's just epic, eh? Yeah, I mean, they still look good. They still and, look good. But they worked well out they here. They worked well, yeah. yeah. And what size would that have been? It would have been an eight foot board. Eight foot, yeah. yeah. Nice and easy to get into. Yeah. yeah. Well, back then it was never that easy, but, <laughs> no. you know, and then you guys came along and were riding much smaller boards. Yeah. And, and you know, that was really an eye opener um, because I never thought that it was possible mm. on this wave. But you know, that's that's the nature of surfing is that it's constantly in a state of evolution and yeah. evolving and the guys are, the skill level is just advancing all the time. The guys are getting so much better in the things that they're able to do. Mm. And you know, now you look at what's going on and just go, my God, I never would have Totally. ever considered paddling out on a board that small. Totally agree. I mean, we came in with like seven sixes and then got down to like seven twos and stuff, but now it's, 
like six eights or something or yeah. six sixes <laughs> or even six fours yeah that's, that's a big board to the you know the, the surfers today it really is you were a state champion uh, when you were 14 and then you know and then you had all the success at, at pipeline did you ever think about branching out and going on tour like the rest of them like if guys would come to your zone like a rabbit or someone rabbit right. being probably one of the most competitive guys around you know your era um but did you ever think of following that or did you well there wasn't much of a tour yeah. back then this would have been the 1970s you know and the rabbit and sean michael uh thompson uh, ian and pt they all showed yeah. up here and um you know they were young pretty brash and yeah. they had the idea that uh somebody should pay them to go surfing you know and they should be professional surfers and you know for us we were kind of old school and we thought well, nobody's going to do that <laughs> I mean that's you know the idea is absurd yeah. and um, they were right of course you know and we didn't know yeah. but um, we were you know Barry Kanai Pooney and I Reno Abalera, uh, Rory Russell we all you know, representing Hawaii, Jeff Hackman, of course, he yeah. was kind of the best of the bunch competitively. Yeah. Um, supported the the beginnings of, of what would have been the pro tour yeah. back then. And basically it was just, you know, going over to Oz and surfing a couple of contests, having a good time. And, and that was pretty much it. I was in Hawaii, right? That was it, yeah. yeah. Did you go to Oz? A lot, yeah. You did, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. You loved it, yeah. Oh, cool. We all did. Yeah. You know, Barry Knaipuni, too. I yeah. mean, he he would come, and, you know, nobody thinks of him as a, a contest surfer, but, you know, he was very supportive. I mean, he was there all the time, every year. Mm. None of us did very well. I mean, Reno did, Jeff did. Yeah. But the rest of us, you know, we, we just kind of went. And yeah, and had fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In a way, not nothing like here either. Well, that was the hardest That's part. That. You know, that was, right. I remember one, I think we were maybe in Monavale or someplace, oh. and, uh, you know, PT was just lit up about competing, and competing that day, and the waves were like two feet. And, <laughs> you know, I remember thinking, at home, I don't think I'd even consider going surfing on a day like this, yeah. you know, and here we are, you know, trying to surf for money, seriously surf yeah. for money, and uh, wow. Hard to get your head around today when it's yeah. two foot, yeah, when just... you surf like pipeline every day, <laughs> and you come and see that. We were spoiled, you know, spoiled. We, we always surfed pretty Beautiful, good waves, big, big waves and, uh, yeah. and if the waves weren't good, then we did something else. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, Jerry, tell me about the event that you run once a year and it's a big wave event but it's not in the water it's not in the ocean you know snowboarding has been a big phase in my life lately we've been up in Oregon for 25 years and the wind blows the snow as it's falling on the ground and creates these beautiful wave shapes I mean wow. incredible you know you get up after a fresh snowfall in the morning and he can't wait to get up there and, and see what the wind's done, create these waves of snow. Wow. And 
over the years, I've named a lot of these because they're always in more or less the same spot, even though they're always a different shape every day after surf spots. And so the marketing director at Mount Bachelor had an idea one day as we were riding and I go, oh, you know, that's Alamo right there. That's, I named that after Alamoana. You know, that's Second Reef Pipeline really? up there. And he's going, really? He goes, why don't we have an event and, you know, riding these things? And I went, yeah, you could probably do that. And so at first the idea was to have it in these natural leaf formed ones, yeah. uh, wind lips, they call them. But that was too hard. So what we did was we went and we built waves out of snow and we judge it like a surf contest. Wow. And it's really fun. Really fun. So you're just judging turns, big calves. Yeah. And just, you know, everybody has a good time and yeah. it's a, a great community event. And I have wow. a special uh, pro surfer division, I call it, where the surfers that want to come, you know, that are mostly surfing and, you know, get to snowboard just a few times a year, aren't having to go up against guys that are snowboarding the whole yeah. season. Yeah. So they have their own division and, and um, you know, Shane Dorian came one yep. year and he mm -hmm. had a great time. Matt Miola, uh, Ian Walsh has come a few times. Okay. Every year we try and get surfers to come. But surfers are surfers, you know, if the surf's good, they're going surfing. Yeah. So it's always, uh, that's the toughest part of the event. To get them. It's, uh, it's in April, you said. It's mid-April yeah. and it's at Mount Bachelor. Mount and Bachelor. If we could get you up there, it would to. be giant. I'd love to. <laughs> oh, book me in, please. We we'll could do a, a podcast from there. I heard a rumor that you picked the wave of the winter. Is that true? Well, I do. Have, I'm one do. of the judges. Are oh, you one of the judges? Uh, okay. And the Surfline panel that uh, reviews all the entries for the Wave of the Winter, okay. which is really a great thing, you yeah. know, because it's just another thing that uh, the surfers can kind of go for. You know, the contests, there's so many surfers nowadays, and the contests are, they're small. You know, you, not everybody gets a chance, but the Wave of the Winter, you know, go out there and you get that wave you got a good chance of having a nice payday yeah and there's some really great entries yeah. and you know if it's a good year like last year Five I mean months. one month we had like over a hundred entries you know and that's a lot of stuff to look at yeah to review nice. you know yeah. and you only choose each month mm. ten guys you know mm. and and then at the end it's November December January and February then you look at them all again, the, the top 10 of each month, and then you choose, you know, the top one out of that. Yeah. And uh, not easy. It's not easy, but you know, there's we got a, a good panel of judges: me, Pancho, Sullivan, um, Sean Briley, and um, oh, Phil. And uh, uh, who else? Yeah. That's alright. <laughs> um, yeah, one more question. You're good at so many things, surfing, snowboarding, shaping, and probably so many others. Is, is there anything that you're not good at or you can't do? Lots of things. Lots of things. You can multitask. Yeah. Well, remember what my wife tells me to do. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> but she reminds me a lot. Um, 
I'm trying to get better. Uh, <laughs> no, you know. I always get done for communicating, not communicating enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hard of hearing these days, so, you know, I hear, can you turn the TV down, please, a lot. Yeah. Why um, did you end up leaving the North Shore when you had the beautiful house on the beach of Pipeline and you made the move? Um, I think you moved to Maui first, did you? Well, in 1973, I moved to Maui. Um, around that time, Billy Hamilton moved to Kauai. And, was it know, crowds or? It, it was beginning to become a little crowded, but it's, you know, we always would come back for the winter season, especially for the, the events that were here. Yeah. Um, sunset, you know, the pipeline events. Um, but the lifestyles on Kauai and Maui were, you know, the it was a, a little easier. Very more yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, Oahu obviously is the nicest island. It has the best Surf, thing, yeah. but it also has the most people. And, you know, both Kauai and, and Maui were very rural, and, and uh, they got some great waves there, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was it was an easy trip to come back here. Yeah. I mean, it was no big deal. And I, I liked it. I liked uh, commuting. Yeah. I never um, really spent um, any time living here on the North Shore that much. I mean, I built that house at the pipeline in 1980, yeah. but never really lived there. We just never I, really lived there. Huh? I was a visitor. You were <laughs> yeah. a visitor in your own house. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'd come for the surf and, yeah. um, and then I'd leave. Go back home to Maui. Yeah. You moved, you fell in love with snowboarding. I did. And is that why you moved to Oregon? Yes. Yes. Originally. Yeah. And uh, that was 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Yeah, we're still there. Still there. Yeah. You love it. You snowboard only when on good powder days or pretty much every day? Yeah, I've gotten pretty spoiled to become what they call a powder snob. <laughs> powder snob. <laughs> but, you know, snowboarding is. Uh, is something that you can do um, more regularly than surfing. Uh, surfing, yeah. you got to wait. You know, if you're waiting for to surf good waves, yeah, you got to wait. This, you got to wait a long time. Sometimes mm. um, snowboarding, the snow falls on the ground. It stays there. It's there the whole season. You can go every single day, mm. and I like that regularity. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I've, I've always had this kind of obsessive personality and these other sports have come along. You know, windsurfing was one of them and I got really heavily into that living on Maui. Yeah. And snowboarding was the same. You know, now it's kiteboarding. It's really funny because, uh, and stand-up paddling as well. Each one of these it. sports have, for me anyway, and I think I've, I've seen a trend in these sports have all, every time brought me back to surfing. Yeah. To, you know, I think the real true sport that uh, my true passion is surfing. Is surfing. But I have to go through these phases of embracing these- Other sports. Other- <laughs> To come back. Yeah. And- um, When did you last surf? Uh, 
just a few days ago. Whereabouts? In a river in, in Oregon. A, a river in Oregon? <laughs> yeah, we have a standing, a standing wave river. in the river. In a wave. Yeah, and it's actually okay. It's okay? Yeah. Wow. It'll do, you know. It'll do. But before that, I, I spent most of the month of November in uh, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, I was mostly Surfing. going right, but going right. that was all right. I'll yeah. take it any way I can get it these days. <laughs> these days. Yeah. You're up in the snow and then you're in the winter you're looking for those big storms. Kind of like when you're looking for a big storm to, to create surf, it creates snow. The same storms. The same storms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And there's, uh, you know, a trend that I started to become aware of that when the North Shore is not having a great surf season when it's stormy and kind of like this, you know, northerly a little bit, northerly swells, yeah. northerly winds, uh, rainy, cloudy. Generally, that's, that's not pretty good up there for snow. Right now, the West Coast has got this big high pressure blocking okay. yeah. uh, cell. Blocking right, your storms? And it's blocking all the storms that we should be getting, that should be making snow. And this is the reason California's, uh, you know, fighting these terrible fires right now. They've got terrible fires, haven't yeah. they? We get that on the news in Australia, it's wild. Uh, it's pretty bad, you know, and the reason is, is because this high pressure cell is not okay. allowing that, those, you know, that moisture from the low pressures to come in and yeah. put down a little precipitation. Yeah. Well, let's get away from that and we'll go back to your years that you were on top of the world, winning pipes, 1972 and 73. Can you explain, <laughs> can you remember the, the, the day? Uh, it, um, it must have been the same as when I competed. I think it was just a one day event, just a invitee contest only, right? The top, yes. top 20 riders or something? Or well, many? actually, you know, the, the original pipe masters started with just six guys. Six guys, And uh, actually five, because I missed it. Oh, you missed the one. first year, yeah. <laughs> and what, how did yeah, you we one? came to the beach, and, yeah. and you know, Corky was parked over in the empty lot that's now the beach park. Yeah. And I went, walked out, had a look, and it was kind of a northerly swell. It wasn't very good. The yeah. wind was a little from the north, yeah. and I went, oh, they're not going to have a yeah. contest here. I walked back. Corky was reading the newspaper, you know. I go, what do you think? He goes, looks pretty bad out there. I go, yeah. So off I went, and. Uh, Back to town? I did. <laughs> Ended up having the event, you know, and they didn't have cell phones. And, no, no. You know, there was no surfline.com. There no, was no nothing, you no. know, and, and that night I heard, I watched on TV the news, you know, that the Pipeline Masters went on. And, oh, no. and uh, you know, Fred got there and he looked at it, he goes, okay, this is it. It's the only day we're going to get. We're going to run the event. Where's Lopez, you know? And Corky goes, well, he was here, but he left. And, Fred looked out and Mike Armstrong was out surfing. He goes, well, who's that out there? Oh, that's Army, you know. Well, go out and ask him if he wants to be in the contest. <laughs> so they had six, you they know. Six. And the next year, I don't know if they had six or maybe they had 12. But okay. the first few years, that was it. It was, was it. six invitees and then um, that was, it was a one heat deal, yeah. you know. But what about the one you won in 72? How many? I think that was six that was, as well. Wow. Yeah. How big was the surf? It was a nice, you know, I mean, decent eight-foot day. Okay. And uh, the reason it was uh, 
such a, a great event was because ABC Wide World of Sports was filming it. How they covered it, yeah. And, um, you know, so they came down with their whole crew and shot the event. And it was easy for them, one heat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just wait, waited for the best part of the day and just held it. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Fred Hemmings back then running that? Yeah, it was Fred and it Randy. Fred. Yeah, they, Fred and Randy. It yeah. was their, the whole thing was their idea. It was a, you know, it was a great idea. I mean, Fred had some vision mm. um, back then for uh, trying to make the sport, the competitive side of it, a little more professional. And he really kind of laid the groundwork for everything happening today yeah. you know and Randy was the one who did all the work he did yeah Randy did the heavy lifting but yeah um, it was together you know that they they pretty much created this event here they have yeah, yeah. it's huge now and now it's the most the biggest prestigious event. biggest event, in, event the in the surfing world it is in 73 the same was it the same size yeah, bigger it was kind of like that and i think that year there was 12 guys oh, 12 guys it. yeah so it was so two heats and two a heats final and a final yeah okay how big was it that year i think it was about the same about the same eight yeah, feet eight maybe you know some bigger sets yeah. yeah that's big i mean for us it's probably 10. but um yeah it was do you remember you know, who was in the final uh, not really i don't have a clue <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, yeah. I don't really remember who was in my final two. <laughs> I do. You do? Yeah, I remember. remember it was uh, me, Ronnie Burns, Ronnie Burns, yeah. Nikki Nielsen, yeah. um, maybe Marvin Foster. Yeah, it yeah. could have been, or maybe a Max Medeiros. Maybe Max. Mm. Yeah, and it was big. It was big. Hey? And you were the only one that had the uh, inside reef strategy, which was brilliant because you were the only that. one that got two brides. They went was, out the back, they all got cleaned up. It was second reef, you yeah. know, and they were, they would get some good ones, but they were just big, fat, mushy, and mm. they weren't really connecting into the inside. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I remember sitting there watching you thinking, wow, this kid's really hanging it out, you know, because there were a lot of wash-throughs too. And I remember um, seeing you take one that was already breaking and letting the foam hit you mm. and push you into the wave and I went oh this he's gonna get killed on this <laughs> and you actually it was one of your best rides mm. you know you, you made a brilliant takeoff and and it was kind of got barreled well you you were the only one that got barreled in yeah. that final <laughs> and, and that's what it was the pipe masters of tube riding contest yeah. and yeah I was so I was so stoked to meet you then on that year. I was like, I was like, wow. <laughs> you were like, hey champ. And I was like. Well, that was, a, that was quite a, an accomplishment. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Um, just a couple of more questions. Have you, your worst wipeout at Pipeline? No, Let's there's been a lot them. of there's them. There's been a lot. Try I not mean, to remember. Yeah, you would, yeah. You, we don't see many of them. All we just see is those beautiful solar bottom chains and tube rides. We don't see your wipeouts. Yeah, sure you know, the pipeline, as beautiful as it is sometimes, can be pretty vicious and mean at others. Yeah. And uh, a lot of guys have uh, paid dearly. You yeah. know, I, I've, I had one wipeout where I, uh, and it was actually on the very inside, just coming into the beach. It was a year, um, 
Michael Ho one with the cast. Oh, with the cast on, on yeah. Own. And um, we went out after the contest. It was really good. Some pretty nice fight. Yeah. And caught a few waves, you know. And then it was getting late, and I caught one in. Caught a big set wave, rode it all the way in, was right in front of the beach park, just riding the little white water. And there was a big beach, you know, and the backwash hit the board and it flipped upside down, threw me up in the air, and I landed right on the board. And the fin went in. right in, all right the way, in. pierced my colon, Whoa. and uh, broke off. And the fin broke off in you? Not in me, but when I saw the board afterwards, I went, wow, the fin's broken in half. You know, oh. that was a single fin. Yeah. And that just happened on the shorey? <laughs> just right off the beach, you know, I oh. swam in and that was a bad wipeout. Stitches? Like, well, so yeah, many. no, I mean, a pierced colon is pretty major. You know, I yeah. had the major surgery. I had to wear a colostomy for about two and a half months. Two and a half months. Wow, boy. So, Jerry, what year did you start Lightning Bolt Surfboards? Lightning Bolt Surfboards, Jack Shipley and I started in 1970, the summer of 1970. And we were both working for another fella at a shop called Surfline Hawaii. Okay. And he was uh, quite a taskmaster. <laughs> and we thought, yeah, we can do it on our own. Do, yeah. And right then, you know, the, the original surf shop in Honolulu, Dick Met started with Hobie Alter in the early 60s. And it had gone through several owners. And the owner then was, he was fed up. Um, that was right kind of in the transition from the longboards to the shortboards. And, you know, the big companies in California were having a hard time kind of keeping up with the designs of shortboards because they kept changing every time you know we made one and um, that wasn't working to have boards built in California which took time Getting ship them to Hawaii by the time they got here they were you know Ripped. something new was yeah, yeah, yeah. so he just went uh, I'm closing up and he asked Jack and I you know I'll sell you the lease all the fixtures, pretty much a song, you know, and we went, ooh, okay. So, you know, we got in there and we started the shop and uh, we did all right. How did you get the name Lightning Bolt? Oh, I used to uh, doodle, you know, as I was talking on the telephone and, and I'd draw these lightning bolts on, oh. draw surfboard shapes and draw things on them. And While you're on the phone? The lightning bolt kind of looked pretty good, and yeah. so Jack's wife said, "Well, why don't we call it lightning bolt?" And we went, "Perfect." Okay, and you know we'd answer the phone and say lightning bolt surfboards, and the guy would go, or we'd say lightning bolt, and the guy would go, "Oh, I was looking for the surf shop," and hang up. <laughs> you know? I thought you were the electricity company or something. <laughs> something, you know, but. <laughs> You know, over the years, it, um, on, didn't it? it became. You yeah. still got it? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. We ended up selling it. Selling it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's move on um, to Indonesia. 
Yeah. You were one of the first to pioneer Indonesia. You, you went to GLAN way, way back in the day. You must have been one of the first to go there. You and Peter McCabe. Yeah. Um, who else? Mick Boyum? Mike Boyum. Mike uh, Boyum, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Bill Boyum. Um, How was yeah, that? How did you get to GLAN? I mean, well, first t tell us when you went to Bali. Well, you know, I was... Why, uh, why did you go to Bali? Did at the hear? Bells contest one year. Okay. and. Jack and a couple of mates had a, a health food restaurant there called the oh. Summer House, okay. right in Torquay. And in the bathroom, there was this picture of Wayne Lynch on the bathroom wall there, kind of up high, you know, in this nice barreling wave. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm going, well, he's just in a pair of boardies, you know? Where is it? That's not here. <laughs> And Jack said, it's Uluwatu in Bali. And I go, we're going, man. We're going. And so he, he had gone the year before with Wayne and, yeah. and Matt. And uh, that was 1973 when they went. This was 74. And so we took some talking, but we got Jeff Hackman to come with us. And mm -hmm. uh, we went across, and it was like we died and went to heaven, you know. I know. What year was that? 1974. It was, would have been right after the, the Coke contest in, okay. yep. you know, in Sydney there. And, um, How was Uluwatu then? Not crowded. <laughs> no, it was Nobody. empty. Yeah. Empty. No yeah. one. And we well. <laughs> uh, got lost walking in the first day. Um, you know, there are all the trails to yeah. just try and get to the beach. And we ran into Mike and uh, Bill Boyum. And, Mike Boyum, yeah. Um, they showed you the way? Fred Haywood, yeah, and they knew the, the yeah. way, so yeah. you know that we became friends and, and yeah. uh, got down there, and that was it. And, that was it. And then, you know, a few years later... Um, you heard about G-Land? Well, Bill had already been there, oh, wow. and he said, yeah, this was quite a spot. And so we went there and went, wow. And by then, you know, the word had gotten out about Bali, and it was starting to get... Crowded, a little more crowded, yeah. really quick. Yeah. It's close to Oz, you know. It's close to Oz. Yeah, it's yeah. like California to here. Yeah. And um, so we started going across to G-Land. That was even better. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Garajig and my goodness. In Java, one of my favorite waves in the world, like Speed Reef at high tide. Yeah. Incredible. So you, you, you heard about G-Land and you went there. How did you actually get to G-Land? Because it was a mission when I first went there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mission to get there, you know. There's, nothing was set up, but Mike had, uh, Mike Boyum had decided that he really wanted to try and take a, a good look at this spot. So he and a couple guys went to Singapore and had a boat built, a Radden. A, it was a 24-foot Radden. Okay. And the first time we went, it was Mike Boyum, Glenn Ritchie, an Aussie, yeah. and myself and Bobby Radiasa. And Peter McCabe and Terry Fitzgerald, Dickie Houle, um, oh, Dave Michelle, they rented a Balinese turtle boat and they sailed across. It took them from Bali. From Bali. Whoa from Benoa Harbor. It took yeah. them about 12 hours, 12 hours. sailing with the wind to get there. Mm -hmm. And it took them 24 hours to get back. <laughs> it took us 
two hours both ways, you know, in, in the, the motorboat. Oh, in the motorboat? Yeah, in the Radden. And, from, uh, not from Singapore? No, no, from... Um, Bali? Well, we left from Jim Byron Bay. Okay, yeah, Jim Byron. Yeah, right near the airport. And, you know, when the first time we got there, we anchored down the end of yep. Speed Reef there yep. and stayed on the boats, of course. We weren't on the beach yet. And we could see the waves. And we got in the water the first morning, started paddling up, you know, and started riding these waves. And every time we'd stop and sit, you'd look up the line, you'd see a better wave, you know, further line. up, it looked bigger. So you keep on paddling. Keep paddling. And then finally, you know, we got to a point where somebody looked back and went, wow, what happened to the boats? <laughs> and we had paddled, you know, all the way around, all the way around the point. And um, at one point, you know, as you get up there, the current Goes turns up. around and starts Takes taking you up. you up. So, you know, we went, geez, we had no idea where the lineup was and we're yeah. really pretty lost on that first trip. Wow. And then Mike um, secured uh, permits to camp on the beach. Oh, did you need permits? Yeah, yep. it's a, a jungle preserve there. Jungle reserve. Yeah, so you needed to actually have a, a permit to get in there. Okay. And you he, the permits actually allowed him to build temporary accommodation, which were the which, tree houses. Yeah, which he did. And we did, and that was, you know, when we really started to Work surf G-Land, yeah. because from the beach you can really Tell. see what a wave's doing and you know we figured the lineups and yeah that's when uh, it all started to happen we realized we really had a, a much better wave than Uluwatu even much better yeah <laughs> my goodness it's true let's move on Jerry and talk about your acting career or our acting career because <laughs> for me it was one movie and it was a North Shore and you were in that movie yeah um and it was fun. I had a ball. Did you have a ball doing that movie? It was a great movie. It's funny how... You were the head of the Hui. What was your name again? Vince. Vince, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Vince, do you get many people coming up to you going, I love that movie? So many. So many. You know, it's, it's become such a cult classic. Yeah. Um, they're considering making a sequel Are now. Are they? Yeah. They haven't told me about that. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's really got its mileage it after yeah. the fact, you know. Yeah. And, and I often thought that, you know, had we gotten really good waves that winter, yeah. and there was some really good surf mm. in that movie, that really would have been a blockbuster. Blockbuster, um, yeah. You know, I remember when they made Blue Crush, they got really great swell. Yeah. And, and I think that's what made that movie. That, yeah, because our movie was good, and if we had good waves, yeah, blockbuster, yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, we, it was a great story, North yeah. Shore was. Yeah. Uh, the kid learns to surf in the wave pool. He does. Comes to the North Shore, <laughs> runs into up. you. Runs into me, <laughs> we pick him up. Then he yeah. has to deal with the hui. Yeah. Which is the black shorts, a surf club <laughs> in Hawaii, which you don't usually or will never mess with, and that's a classic. Yeah. yeah. What about the other movies he'd done? Canon and the Barbarian, was that a hard movie, and how long did that take to make? Yeah, the first. You know, my first introduction to Hollywood was um, making the film Big Wednesday, which Big was Wednesday. A, that was a blockbuster. Really, a, a, the first true um, Hollywood movie that was true to surfing. That, you know, I mean, the, the Hollywood surf movies before that were, you know, Gidget, and yeah, B 
beach blanket bingo and you know <laughs> those things are kind of hokey yeah. i mean they had surfers and surfing sequences but um big wednesday was you know very authentic yeah and i met john milius who wrote and directed the movie yeah and we became friends and when he had the opportunity to write and direct Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger, he wrote a part in for me because the shoot was going to be six months in Spain and he wanted to have a friend. <laughs> so that's how I got that, to do that really? movie. Wow. And then after that, um, I did another one with John called Farewell to the King with Nick Nolte. Okay. And that we shot up in Borneo with an all Aussie, uh, all Aussie film crew. Film crew? Yeah. Wow, in Borneo. Yeah. The How same film crew that had shot the, the Man from Snowy River. Oh, okay, yeah. And, uh, That's a very famous film, that one. Yeah. Wow, and that, how was it up in Borneo? And to do that movie, how long did that take? That was a, maybe a three-month shoot. And that was interesting. Interesting. So, boy, it's a rough place. It must be. <laughs> yeah, it's a jungle. Yeah. Wow, wait, how's the accommodation? Yeah, well, they were actually pretty good. Oh, they were good? <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Hey, Jerry, in another venture of yours, you, you wrote a book. It's called uh, Surf is Where You Find It. Um, you bought that out in 2008. Where can you find it? Uh, the book. <laughs> Amazon.com. Amazon.com? <laughs> yeah. Or and Patagonia. Patagonia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had all these stories over the years, you know, about surfing. I knew that I should... You know, how you tell surf stories, great adventures, great people. And at a point you go, it's a pretty good story. I should probably write it down before I forget it. Yeah. And so I did. I wrote all these stories down. And I was working for Patagonia at the time, and Yvonne Chouinard had come out with his book, Let My People Go Surfing. And he goes, maybe you should think about writing a book. And so Patagonia started a book division in the company. And we produced my book, and it's still selling. Still selling. I mean, Fantastic. I think it's going through the maybe fifth or sixth reprinting Re right now. Yeah. Epic. And you know, it's just cool. a bunch of surf stories about yeah. uh, you know the the times, the places, the people, which are always so great. But um, you know, surfing has a lot of wisdom and a lot of lessons. Yeah. to learn and um, if you're paying attention and sometimes I did a lot of times I didn't <laughs> but uh, that was kind of what that book was about the you know the subtle lessons that surfing teaches us and right now I'm in the process of writing another book um, about the deeper lessons oh, that okay. surfing Deep as in, yeah, like Deeper. taking choices, well, life choices. you know, yoga has been a, 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 something that I've been practicing for a long, a long time. time. Yeah. And How long? It started in 1968. Wow. And um, I always thought it was a very complementary path in life to the surfing path. Yeah. And that they were more or less parallel, but I've come to the conclusion at this point in life that maybe they're the same path mm -hmm. and that they have a lot more in common than um, any of us thought before. And Yoga so, is keeping you 
to be able to, to still serve. Well, I hope. <laughs> I mean, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because how old are you now? I'm 69. 69? Yeah. Still surfing, still snowboarding. Still surfing, yeah. Still surfing regular boards, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Making boards. It's got to be the... I think you'd have to be one of the wisest men in surfing. I'm thinking you and Gordon Merchant are the two wisest men I know yeah, in surfing. I don't know about that. <laughs> I still read a lot. You still read a lot? <laughs> yeah, and I remember a lot of the good things that I read. Yeah. What about you went to Kelly Slater's pool? How was that? I did. Was that cool? You, you haven't left. been? I have not. Oh, you got to go. I'm building a pool, too. Yeah. One like it? No, no, nothing like it. We're building one up in... Um, Northern Queensland, and it's a different system. We've got a big system in the middle that goes up and down, so we're creating eight waves in the oh. pool, breaking at the same time. Different shaped reefs. It's called surf lakes, and uh, they're not as long as Kelly's, but they're really punchy, and um, they wrap, and yeah. Wow. Eight waves in the pool, are, and we can make like 20 wave sets too. Well, any wave will do. Any wave will Just, do, eh? Yeah. Isn't, isn't it cool? Do you, like the, but, do you like that, the way it's going and wave pools? You know, I didn't know what I was thinking. Obviously, um, it's been around a long time. I mean, when we made North well, Shore, that yeah, was, was the that whole story. There was that Allentown in Pennsylvania. We, I mean, I competed in one. There was on the tour yeah. once in the 80s. We went to right. Allentown, Pennsylvania. Allentown. And it was only that big. So, I mean, they've been around for a while, but with the technology now, but, you, know, you know, they can make perfect waves. The uh, I mean, wave in, in North Shore, Big yeah. Surf, Arizona. Yeah. That was built in the mid-60s. Mid-60s, that yeah. way cool. Yeah, yeah that was it's how incredible. far back it went. Mm. And, you know, as surfing has grown and become so big now, and, you know, you have a finite number of surf spots, the future may very well be wave pools, wave you pools. know, to accommodate, accommodate all the surfers. And, obviously, um, when you see the wave at Kelly's Pool, and I, you know, had the great good fortune to be able to surf it and I can tell you for sure it's an awesome wave. It's an awesome wave. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's no surfer on the planet that would say it's oh not that wave's awesome wave. no. not any good. That wave is it's good. Is really good. It looks good. I mean exceptionally good mm. and um, very challenging too. It's mm. really really fast. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, if they can build a wave like that they can certainly build one bigger or longer. Yeah. And, you know, yours sounds really great, too, because yeah. there's more of them. Yeah, yeah, more oh. different ways. And, yeah, it's the way of the future. Maybe. Let's talk. And what about the WSL um, when we're talking about that? Do you watch many of the events? I do. I watch do? them all. They you do watch them all? such a good job. They I do mean, do it, yeah. I love it, you know. Yeah, it's, I love it, too. It's, uh, I was really wondering if you did. Yeah, you watch them all. Yeah. No, it, it's taking it to a whole nother level, and I think that's even going to make it more valid that why we need wave pools because there's going to be more surfs. They're going to see this and go, I want to be, I want to surf, you know, and, and it's good. They're doing it's a really, good. really great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give, give yourself if you could when you're 18 years old, if you know what you know now? Pay a little better attention to everything in life. You know, be a little kinder think about things before you open your mouth um, or before you jump off the edge <laughs> a little bit better you know there's the the brashness and enthusiasm of youth that um, a lot of times just gets you in 
to places where you go, oh man, why did I do that? But, <laughs> you know, I mean, life is what it is. And in the end, if you can say, hey, it's been great, I got no regrets, then that was a good life. Oh, well, it's been great <laughs> Into, uh, having a chat, Jerry. Thank you so much. It's an Thanks, honor. Aki.